Bibles tonight and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 24. 2 Samuel chapter 24, the very last chapter in the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 24. Where we pick up the story is David has sinned by numbering Israel. And God gave him three choices and uh, of, of uh, discipline because or fruit of, of the sin. And uh, he chose, I believe it was a pestilence, chose the pestilence over and above all the rest because he said he wanted to be, uh, wanted to, to lay it at the hands of God. <clears throat> and so he went ahead and, and uh, God began to bring the pestilence uh, uh, across Israel. And uh, one of the things that David had to do was that he had to, to make an offering. He had to make a sacrifice to God. And that's where we pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 15. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Verse 15 of 2 Samuel 24 says, So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people and said, Lo, I have sinned and I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. God came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear it. Rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded, and Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my, my lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto David, let my lord the king take and offer up, that's, that offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and, th and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as, as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king, king uh, said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering uh, offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. Let's bow for, for prayer. Father, we pray 
that you would guide and direct during this message and guide and direct our hearts as we look at scripture this evening and study the spiritual sacrifices that you've told us of in scripture. Lord, uh, I am so thankful for the example of David who said, I'll not offer that to the Lord which doth cost me nothing. Uh, Lord, the truth of the matter is you gave everything for us and for us to turn and to sacrifice to you is a real pleasure and it's a privilege. Father, I pray that you would, you would bless this time together and that you, you would open our eyes of understanding that we would behold wondrous things out of your word and we would see how those wondrous things apply in our lives personally as the Spirit of God leads, guides, and directs. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. David made a statement that he would not offer anything on the Lord that that which did would cost him nothing. He he was offered the the, the piece of property. Uh, he was offered all the tools uh, in order to do the uh, sacrifice. And he said, no, he says, I'll not do that. He said, listen, if I'm going to sacrifice to the Lord, it needs to cost me something. And that's really the principle that we're going to look at uh, this evening is the fact that, that uh, it, it, uh, it ought to cost us something to serve the Lord. And, and I have often asked myself whenever I've read this story, you know, would I have responded that way? Or would I have looked at that as a, as a, as a gift and as, as a, a, a blessing and say, well, look, look at that, God's provided. But that wasn't David's, David's thought. And one of the things that whenever I study the life of David that I always remember is what God told us about David in the book of Acts in the, in the New Testament. He, he made a comment about David, and this is the Spirit of God commenting on the man of God and uh, the king, and he said David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, he was inclined to think the way that God thought. And that's the reason why he piped up and said, no, look, no, he said, I'm not gonna take this as a gift. I'm not gonna offer that unto God, which costeth me nothing. Uh, in the, in the, the Old Testament, there are all kinds of offerings and sacrifices that are spoken of. And if you, you go, we don't need to turn there right now, but Numbers 28 lines out all the various kinds of sacrifices and offerings. And it talks about a daily offering. It talks about Sabbath offerings, monthly offerings, uh, Passover offerings, and Feast of Weeks. And there's, there's uh, one, one of the things that, that I've noticed is that there's a pattern when it comes to any offerings in the Old Testament. And whenever the Old Testament saints uh, took uh, or gave an offering, there were four things that were always true. Number one, it was always done on purpose, and it was done to God's specifications. It wasn't done the way that they thought it ought to be done. It was always done the way that God told them to do it. It was God's timing and God's way. And it was, it was not, it, <laughs> convenience had nothing to do with it. It was just, this is the right way to do the offering, and so we'll do it. The second thing about the, those offerings is they were always costly. They were costly. Have you ever just thought, as you go through and, you know, you see the, the thousands and thousands of offerings that were, that were given during the Old Testament times, and thought about, about what those offerings in total cost 
Uh, it, was, it was absolutely astronomical. And these offerings are offerings above the tithe. This is, we're not talking tithe here. Bible says, in fact, there's a principle that where God says the tithe is the Lord's. Period. That was true before the law. That was true during the law. That's true now after the law. The tithe is the Lord's. But these sacrifices weren't tithes. They were over and they were ab above the tithe. And so they were costly. And then thirdly, they, they took priority. I mean, you, you stopped other things that you were doing and you made sure that those sacrifices were made and given. And then last of all, they were not only done on purpose, costly, took priority, but were a, a part of the life of, of the believer in the Old Testament. I mean, it, it, it really, giving offerings was something that because there were so many of them and throughout the entire year, it was something that was constantly in front of their hearts and in front of their minds. I don't know if you've ever done this. I, I would imagine you probably have if you've ever read your Bible much. You, you read in the Old Testament and you get to the book of Leviticus. And, and in the book of Leviticus, God starts telling all the specifics of the offerings and all the different kinds of offerings. And you go to Numbers and you get some more of that. And, uh, and you, I don't know if, again, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I certainly have. I said, Lord, thank you that I was born in the New Testament time, not the Old Testament time. Oh, man, those offerings were, were, uh, were really all-consuming. But if you think of it this way, <clears throat> if they sacrificed that much in the Old Testament, before Jesus Christ ever even came, before Jesus Christ ever died on the cross, before he ever shed his blood and then rose again the third day for our justification, if, if uh, they sacrificed that much before Christ, how much more now that it is finished and it is over, should we be willing to sacrifice for him? Uh, but the sacrifices are different. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and in 1 Peter 2, look with me in verses 5 and 7. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 7. It says in verse 5, ye also is lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Down in verse 7, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So in verse 5 he says, and he's speaking to us as believers. He says, he says uh, ye also are lively stones, built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Uh, we don't have to go through a man in order to go to God. And all God's, all God's people said, isn't that good? You know, we didn't, we, listen, I am your pastor. I am not your high priest, okay? Uh, Jesus Christ is our high priest, and we go directly to him. We go directly to him. But it says that we should offer up spiritual sacrifices and those that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Why do we do that? Verse 7, 
Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. You know, I've got to believe because in the Old Testament they were under the law, because in the Old Testament uh, those sacrifices were absolutely necessary, they had to do them, that there were times when people just went through the motions. Uh, yes, they were looking for a Redeemer to come, but when you haven't seen him yet, when he hasn't appeared yet, all you, and you have promises, but you have uh, nothing, nothing uh, uh, definite to, to look at and to, to observe, uh, I can imagine that there were times when those sacrifices just became kind of mechanical. But the Bible says of us that now we should be giving spiritual sacrifices, and why? Because... He's precious. We're looking backwards. We're looking at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. We're looking at the, at the sacrifice that he made, the love that he had for the whole world, and therefore uh, gave himself as a sacrifice for us. Well, the, there is one thing, there is something that is, is common between both sets of sacrifices, whether it be the Old Testament sacrifices or whether it be the New Testament sacrifices, the, the, the things that are common are the, the same thing that, they, they, that took place back in the Old Testament. They should be on purpose. Even though they're spiritual sacrifices, they ought to be on purpose. And they ought to be to God's speci specifications. Whatever God tells us and however God tells us to, to sacrifice, we ought to do it. Secondly, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be costly. Now, I realize that Jesus Christ has paid the price. You do nothing to pay God back for, his, for the salvation he gave, because you could never do it, all right? But because he's precious to you, you ought to, you ought to have a desire to give those spiritual sacrifices, because you know it pleases the Lord, and he, he you know, yeah, he's, he's, uh, because he is King of kings, and because he is Lord of lords, because he's the, he's the Savior of your soul, uh, you, you shouldn't go get by cheap. It ought to cost you something. And then thirdly, yeah, I'll take priority. That'll be something that we think about on a regular basis of how can we sacrifice spiritually to the Lord and please him. And then last of all, uh, it, it should be a part of our life. And so what I want to do th the, this evening quickly is to just look through and see the spiritual sacrifices that God talks about in the, in the New Testament that we have the privilege and the opportunity of offering to God. Take your Bibles and then turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And this obviously ought to be the first one. This is one of the first passages of Scripture, a couple of verses that, that I ever read or was taught or was preached to about living a, a separated life, living a dedicated life, giving your life to God. By the way, may I say this to you? Um, because oftentimes there's a lot of confusion. And I, and I think today, I think the salvation waters out there, as far as the way that, that salvation is presented and the way that the gospel is presented, is very, very wishy-washy. Uh, it's full of compromise. And uh, it becomes very, very unclear. The waters are unclear waters. Uh, I, 
I, I really am a am a in opposition to this business of when you get saved the way you the way you take Christ as your savior is you give Christ your life can I tell you something at salvation he doesn't want your life he wants you to trust him throw yourself at his mercy and receive something you have nothing to give God at salvation can I tell you that you have nothing. And this idea, and, and, and I think a lot of this is because, uh, you know, we're living in a generation and in a time when it's all about us. You know, it's not all about us. It's all about him. And when, when, when you, a person gets saved, it's not about what we give God. It's about what God gives us. And he gives us eternal life. He's the gift giver, not us. And we have to believe and trust in him and come to him for mercy. And when we do, do that, he'll save us. But then after that, then God says, listen, there's something I require of you. Now that you've received the gift of eternal life, now that you're saved, now that you, you know that your sins are forgiven. Look in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And usually along with that, we go to verse 2, and it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But in the first verse, he's talking about a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is you. A sacrifice is your body. And the basis of the sacrifice is God's mercies. When we talked about that this morning, God has been, if you're saved, you have experienced firsthand the full-blown mercies of God. And so the, the motivation that, is, that the Apostle Paul gives in this verse is it's based upon the mercies of God and it's gratitude. Now, again, you never pay, pay God back for what he did, but you can certainly be grateful to what, for what he did. And, and what, it, what this verse says is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He calls it a living sacrifice. And the, the basis is, is simply this. You offer your body to God and you say, God, whatever you want to do with me, you may do. First uh, Corinthians chapter 6 in verses 19 and 20 says, Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and your body, which are God's. Why? Well, because he bought you. Because he purchased you the day that you trusted him as Savior. And then he gives the specifications. You don't just, you don't just give him your body. You give him your body on his terms, not on your terms. And it says, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Holy and acceptable. In other words, offer him a clean body. You know, uh, honestly, Romans 12.1 is, is a good verse for why you shouldn't smoke. You know, I, I heard it. <laughs> I heard a fella, he was a, a, a preacher that had a tremendous sense of humor. And he made the comment, he said, uh, why in the world would a person who has been saved from hell want to smell like he's already been there and back? Which is a, is a, is a good thought. Uh, you wouldn't want to do that. And so because of that, we ought to make sure that when, when we give our body to God, to the best of our ability, we give him a clean body. We give him a, a body that's been separated 
and set apart just for God and for God alone. And then he goes on and he says, this is your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable to sell out to God. You know, uh, we oftentimes talk about, and, and I understand what's meant by this, but sometimes I think because of this term, we, we look at the average Christian in, in a little different light. We talk about people that, like myself, who are in the ministry, we talk about we're in full-time service. I got news for you. We're all in for full-time service. It's, it, none of it, look, look, I'm in full-time and you're in part-time? No, I don't think so. That's not it at all. Uh, we're all in full-time service together. Why? Because God wants us to give ourselves as a sacrifice. And it's reasonable. And it's reasonable. So therefore, if you withhold anything, anything, it's unreasonable. You know, I've, I've watched over the years, I've, I've seen people that have, that have given themselves to God and, uh, and then second thought it and have pulled back in their commitments. Uh, that's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. You know why? Because God never pulled back any, on any commitment that he ever made to you and me. Never did. Never did. It, it, he always, when he committed himself to, to us uh, about anything, it was always 100%. And, and it's reasonable for us to do the same to him. It's, it's you know, and, and so many times when we read this passage, particularly those two verses linked together, one and two, we think of personal separation, and it's true. It is talking about that concept, but it's a whole lot more than separation. You know what it is? It's, it's surrender. It's submission. It's, it's saying, God, this isn't my body anymore. God, this isn't, you know, I am giving my body as a living sacrifice. You do with it as you see fit. So that's the first sacrifice, our bodies. Then go to Romans 15. Romans chapter 15. There's another, <clears throat> another sacrifice that we can give to God. Romans 15, and look down in verse, in verse 16. It says, That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified, by the Holy Ghost. And what he's talking about here is he's saying, listen, I, I've given my life to reach people for Jesus Christ. And the ones in particular that God has given to me to reach is the Gentiles. And he says, so I've offered them up. In other words, what he's offering up, not so much the Gentiles themselves, but his efforts to reach the Gentiles. And that's, a, that's an offering. Uh, we, ought to be, we ought to be consumed. We ought to, to uh, be involved and engaged in, in uh, uh, telling other people about Jesus Christ. Uh, people that we win to Christ, people that we make an effort to win to Christ is an offering, and it's a spiritual offering to God. It's, it's telling God, saying, listen, I so appreciate what you've done for me that I'm going to... Uh, let other people know about how they can be saved. And the way I've heard it expressed years ago was it's just one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. That's exactly what it is. 
But uh, praise the Lord, I know where the bread is, amen? And you know where the bread is. And, uh, and we, can, we can point them to the Lord. Uh, to, we, uh, uh, if you're, if you're going to do that, and if you're going to be uh, a, an overt, aggressive witness for Jesus Christ, um, it's going to cost you something. It's not going to be cheap. It's going to cost you. Um, I, I've watched it over the years. I've watched it even a little in my own family. I've seen where it's cost family relationships. Some people have cut other people off because they've witnessed to them and told them about Christ. Uh, I've, I, you know, I've heard stories. Uh, I haven't experienced this personally, but I've heard stories of people that have been literally kicked out of their family because they trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and wanted to tell their loved ones about him. And uh, it's so when, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, being a witness for Christ, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you effort. And sometimes it's going to cost you popularity. There's some folks, you know, I, I, <clears throat> we often uh, times talk about how that, uh, you know, we need to be careful and separate ourselves from the wrong kind of people after we get saved. Well, the truth of the matter is you witness enough and you witness the way that you should, you won't have to do the separation. <laughs> They'll do it for you. They'll do it for, I, I heard of, I, I've heard some stories here just recently of people that, and I haven't tried it yet, I'll be honest, I really haven't, uh, but I think it's a good idea. I've, I've heard of people that, uh, how, how many of you get those uh, annoying uh, telemarketer calls all day long on either your cell phone or your home phone? Okay, I, I get them too. And uh, I've heard a couple of folks say, uh, yeah, I've figured out how to handle that. Uh, just start witnessing to them. Just start giving them scripture. And oftentimes, uh, you know, uh, they'll, something will happen to the connection all of a sudden, mysteriously. And, uh, and, or if they've been given uh, orders not to hang up on you, you just keep going. <laughs> you know, you got the opportunity to give them the full-blown gospel. But, uh, but what, I, what I found is, is that, if, if, uh, if, if we'll be faithful, yes, it'll cost you something, but isn't it worth it? Aren't you glad somebody took the opportunity and took the risk and paid the price, whatever that might have been, to get you the gospel? And, and I'm thankful that somebody did, this, did the same thing for me. So that's a, a spiritual sacrifice, giving out the gospel and winning people to Christ. And then, then another uh, spiritual sacrifice. Go to Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians 4, look in verses 15 through 19. Philippians 4, 15 through 19. Philippians 4, 15 says, Now ye Philippians, and Paul's speaking to them, he says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but ye only. And when he's talking about communicating, he's talking about giving and offerings. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. 
And then he gives them a promise because they have given sacrificially to his ministry, he says, verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, what, what he's saying here is that they gave sacrificially and because they gave sacrificially so that he could continue his ministry, that that, that giving was a, was a sacrifice unto God. It's giving to spread the gospel. And again, this is over and above. This is over and above the tithe. Uh, the tithe is the Lord's. You give it to the Lord and then above that, God asks us to do other things to, in order to spread the gospel. Um, this last week, we had Brother Grady with us, and uh, we, as we always do, we give him uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night's offering. The offering was sizable. I mean, it was a, it was a good size offering. And uh, it encouraged him. He's mentioned to me at least twice now, if not three times, that he was encouraged by that offering. And, and uh, one of the reasons why it encourages guys is, is because like what Paul said, he said, listen, I can keep on doing what I've been called to do because of your sacrifice. And uh, there, there's, there's an opportunity there for us to, uh, to give and give a sacrifice to God so that other people can, can get out the gospel. Um, when, it, when we give sacrificially in those situations, we're going to be having a missions conference this year, Lord willing, in the month of October. And uh, uh, you're going to have an opportunity. To, in fact, one of the, one of the things we, we do is we, we uh, uh, have a sacrificial missions offering. And uh, we ask you to consider giving sacrificially so that the gospel can go out, so we can be a blessing to those that, that are with us uh, during that week and be an encouragement to them. And when we, we give sacrificially so that other folks can give, give out the gospel, shows our commitment and it shows our love to God. And that's what he was, that's what he was commenting uh, on in the lives of the, of the Philippian Christians. And uh, that's why, you know, around here, uh, I push missions. I just do. I love missions. Why? Well, because it's an opportunity for not, you know, we have opportunities day by day to give out the gospel. But when you give the, to missions, you are, you are taking what you're doing here and extending that influence literally around the world so that other people can get the gospel. And, and it's, not, it's not something that we just have to do, though we should. It ought to be something that you want to do, that you desire to do, because you so, so badly want to see other people come to know Christ as Savior. It's a real privilege. And then the fourth sac sacrifice that we can give spiritually to God, Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And in Hebrews 13, just one verse, look down in verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. There's two things there that are to be sacrifices that we can do every single day. And that is we can give praise to him and we can give thanks to him. And the Bible 
is, is full of verses about us being grateful and us being thankful. Uh, I, I really believe one of, the, one of the biggest sins that we commit as Christians today is a lack of, of gratitude, a lack of thankfulness. And not just being thankful in our hearts, but expressing it with our lips and letting other folks know that we are thankful. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, in everything give thanks. Now what that simply means is, is in every circumstance, in all situations, we ought to have a thankful spirit. Uh, sometimes that doesn't occur. Uh, you know, there are, are times, this, this week has been a struggle for me, and I don't know why, it just has. Physically, there's been some struggles. I think the weather's been causing me. And I, I've got to be careful. You know, I'm just like you. Uh, I've, I've got to watch my attitude. And uh, uh, you get to moaning and you get to groaning. And, and in fact, somebody made a comment, said, uh, said, I know this preacher, you're coming down the stairs. You, you had kind of a groan. And yeah, and I try not to do that. Try not to do that. But sometimes it just slips out. Um, and, and if you're not careful, that thing will get a hold of you. And you'll, you'll, get a, you'll get kind of a complaining spirit. And the Bible says, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Um, boy, I had a good service this morning. It was well attended. We had two visitors. Actually, we had four visitors. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it was, just, it was just a good service. Can I tell you? This is conf sin confession time, okay? I had a lousy attitude when I came to church this morning. I did. I had. I. I, I was. I was. You know. And I, now I was fighting it, and I was asking God to help me with it. But it really wasn't the best attitude in all the world. Uh, after the service this morning, uh, there came a point where I just scooted into my office and shut the door, and got down before the Lord and said, "Lord, you're just so good to me." I said, in spite of a bad attitude and everything else, we had a good service this morning. You brought us visitors. You know, that was that, that fellow that came in the red shirt. It's the first time we've had somebody come because of our any door-to-door -door efforts for about five or six years, at least, if not more than that. Um, you know, God is merciful and God is good. And we always have something to thank God for, not only in everything, but in Ephesians 5.20, he says, giving thanks always for all things. Now, in all things, that's one thing. For all things, whoa, sometimes that can be a little bit more challenging, <laughs> a little bit more difficult. Uh, but, but God said that everything is for a purpose. Everything that comes into our life is for a purpose. And when you give thanks to God, for the, even for those things that are difficult in your life, God says that's a spiritual sacrifice. That's a sweet smell and a sweet savor unto the Lord. You know, you think about, you think about Job. Job lost everything. I mean, you know, he lost his health and he lost his kids and he lost his home and he lost his wealth. And his, his wife came up to him and said, why don't you just curse God and die? And, and I mean, he lost it all. And what did he say? What was his response? He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When he said that, he expressed something. He said, listen, we ought to be thankful when the Lord giveth, but we also ought to be thankful when the Lord taketh away. 
you know, when was the last time something adverse happened to you or something was taken from you that you loved and appreciated or enjoyed and you went to God and just said, God, thank you for that. Thank you for giving it to me, but thank you that you took it away. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That kind of praise and that kind of of gratitude and thanksgiving is a sweet smelling savor unto God. And then the last, the last spiritual sacrifice. Go to Hebrews 13 and look down in verse 16. Next verse, 16. It says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He talks about here about, about doing good and, and communicating. Now, communicating just simply in, in the Bible means to impart or to give to another. Uh, take, your, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6, and look down in verse 6. Galatians 6, 6. It says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. In other words, you, you give something back. You be a blessing in return. Uh, and, and, of course, in that passage, it's, it's uh, talking about bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. Uh, go over to, to uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy 6. And look down at verses 17 and 18. It says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And this is talking about you know, being a blessing to others, being an encouragement to others. And, and it, it can be monetary, it can be time, it can be effort, it can sometimes just be attention, but, but to give to others and be a blessing to others. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke 6. Luke 6. And all these, these things are, are called by definition of God. They're called sacrifices. And they're, they're, they're a blessing to the Lord. They're spiritual sacrifices. Luke 6. Look in verses uh, 32 down through 36. Verse 32 says, For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For, for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. And when he says do good, not just the people you like, do good to somebody you don't like. Do good to somebody that doesn't like you. And you know what I found? I found that when 
when I am a blessing to others that maybe don't care for me and maybe I'm, if I was just to be flat honest with you, I really didn't care for them either. Uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you do good to them, God changes your heart. I've, I've had it happen and I've seen it happen in others. Why? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And, and when we do that, that kind of good works, uh, even to those who don't like us, uh, God says that that's pleasing and that's a sacrifice to him. Go to Matthew 5. Back up a little bit into the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. And look down at verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And when you do that, that is something that is well-pleasing unto God. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, um, he's, he's talking about the fact that we should not take vengeance on, on others that have done us wrong. Uh, he says, vengeance, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In other words, his responsibility is vengeance, that's not our responsibility. And then in verse 21, he says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And when we do that, when we overcome that evil by doing good to others, uh, God sees that and that's a, that's a blessing and a sacrifice to him. Uh, go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Galatians 6.10 says, As we there have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. One of the things we ought to be, uh, be having is our antennas up and wired, looking for the needs that other folks in this congregation have and try to fulfill that, those needs and try to be a blessing and try to be an encouragement to them. Um, take your Bibles in, in closing and turn with me to Malachi chapter 1. Now these are all spiritual sacrifices and I realize we're going now back to the Old Testament where it was a physical sacrifice, but I think the, I think the, the, the concept and the principle still applies. Malachi chapter 1. And Malachi, <clears throat> Malachi is, is like the book of 1 Corinthians. <laughs> it's just... Uh, rebuke after rebuke after rebuke. And it's particularly a, a rebuke on the priesthood. And in Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, he says this. He says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name, and ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, Beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will, will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you 
that will shut the doors for naught, neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. And what he's rebuking them for is, is simply this. They didn't offer God the best. They offered God the castoffs. They offered God the leftovers, the things that they, they had after they were using them for their, their own selves. And that same principle, I believe, just as it applied in the Old Testament with the physical sacrifices, I believe it applies in the New Testament with our spiritual sacrifices. God says, listen, I don't want your leftovers. I want the very best that you have in each of these areas. And when you give your very best, it's not convenient, it's costly. And it's a, a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord. I found a, and I've, I've had this, this quote for years and I've read it before, but it, it needs to be, be read often. This was, this was a, uh, a quote from, from David Livingston. David Livingston was a, he was a pioneer missionary that went to Africa. And, uh, and he said this, he said, people talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice, which is simply acknowledging a great debt we owe to our God, which we can never repay? Is that a sacrifice which brings its own reward and healthful activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of a glorious destiny? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, foregoing the, the common conveniences of this life, this, the, uh, these may make us pause, and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing compared with the glory which shall, be later, shall later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. And this is a guy that died on the mission field, and he so loved the people of Africa that when they took his body back to be buried, before they took his body, they, they say that they cut out his heart and they buried his heart in Africa because that's where it was. Now, honestly, his heart wasn't in Africa. His heart was with the Lord and, and in the Lord's hands. And that's the reason why he loved those people so much. But he said, all these things, all these things are, are, are nothing compared with the glory which shall be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk when we remember the great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. We have a privilege, and the privilege is to offer spiritual sacrifices daily to him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you get all of our hearts this morning and, or this evening and help us to see that uh, you're worthy of costly sacrifice and in any and all of these areas whether it be witnessing whether it be giving whether it be taking care of the needs of others and just doing good whatever it might be lord those 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 sacrifices just giving sacrifice of our lips by 
thanking and praising you, sometimes in convenient locations and situations, like here at church, but other times in inconvenient ones, out in public and at work and with our families. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, you're worth it all. You're worth any cost that it may cost us. You're worth any convenience that uh, we might incur because of the sacrifice. But Lord, those sacrifices are needful and necessary because you're worthy. Lord, get a hold of our hearts tonight and help us to see that uh, we need to be constantly involved in offering sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, not bulls and goats and birds, but Lord, spiritual sacrifices to you because you are worthy. Bless this invitation, work in our hearts, speak to our hearts, and as you do, and as you show us things that need to be changed and need to be different, need to be committed to you, Lord, help us to do that joyfully because you're our God, you're our Lord, and you're our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.